Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I am Ben. We are joined, as always, by our uh, super producer, Noel the Full Tank Brown. <laughs> the Full Tank. Noel uh, Rent-A-Rec Brown. I like that one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good, too. We've got a, a few of these, maybe. So we're talking about something uh, a little bit strange today. Not not necessarily strange, but it's, it's outside of some of the typical topics we explore in this show. Yeah, I think so. So... You, if you are like many other uh, many other people, have at some point rented a car. I'm anomalous in that I have not ever personally rented a car. Wait a minute. I thought, okay, when we were talking about this ahead of time, I thought maybe you'd said you just hadn't done it very frequently. But I didn't know that you have never rented, personally rented a car. You, you said that your parents had, that you've been with them. My folks have rented a car. Uh, my friends have rented cars, and I've ridden with them, but yeah. I have personally never rented a car. I have become very close, or I have come very close, rather, to uh, doing a move that I heard about from one of my friends on the West Coast. What's that? Renting a supercar for, like, a weekend. Oh, yeah. So so you're, you're telling me that maybe your first... Rental car experience would be like a Ferrari or something. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. It also sounds, it, it, you know, man. I'm full of these harebrained schemes that seem like great ideas at the time. Yeah, there was. Well, you know, we talked. We talked about this a, a little bit in uh, uh, the pony car episode too. Yeah, yeah. The possibility of renting. Uh, you know, some of the pony cars that these rental companies have mm-hmm. and, and using that as kind of a, a longer version of a test drive for yourself. Absolutely. And that's a good idea. I don't oh, know why. I, mean, we, I think we've talked about renting supercars, too. Yes, we have. Yeah. Uh, it was a few years back. But that's that's where the seed had been planted that brought me to that. that the conversation I had with this guy out in L.A. is. Uh, planted the seed for us talking about renting the supercars, which has later led to this enormous scheme. Picture me, Scott, in an empty apartment with all these pictures of supercars up on the wall and then like red yarn joining them, mm-hmm. you know, like a conspiracy wall. 
Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. not true. What? I just have looked at it a lot. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't made a wall. Yeah. You'd have to replace your other collage of the same. I would. I would. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, what, uh, what car did your friend rent? Do you remember? Do you recall? Uh, he did in fact get a Ferrari. A Ferrari. I can't remember exactly which one, but I do remember telling him that I, first off, I didn't know you could do it. And secondly, and I remember telling him like, that's a foolish decision because what if literally anything bad happens to it? And he said, you know, he's like, no, I pay, I get the insurance. I mean, it's going to be fine. But, and I don't know, I don't know if you're listening, Jake. Jake's a horrible driver. Oh boy. He's not a good driver. And really? nobody's perfect, but he made it through. He had a great time. The Ferrari is fine. Okay, well, that's good news. Because uh, things could go horribly wrong in that situation, of course. But, you know, the, that, that service is offered here in Atlanta, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, you know, you got potential. So there's a possibility of this really happening for you then. This could be big for me. This could be my uh, my 2016 everything turns around moment, well, right? Yeah, it could be. All right. So that's it. I, I didn't know that ahead of time. Now, I've I've rented many, many rental cars true, along the yeah. way and some that I didn't want to have to rent, but I did. Mm. Um, you know, the the, the, um, the gap of time between when my old car died and I got the current vehicle that I have. I had about two weeks where I had to rent a car. That was the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, surprise, you know, when you walk out to the, the lot, there was a mini waiting for me. And I didn't expect that mm-hmm. at all. I thought I was going to be in like a, I don't know, like a Chevrolet spec or whatever they call it. You know, like something really uncomfortable and small. It was an economy car rental. Sure. Trying to get something very, very small. And, uh, and I was really happily surprised to see a, uh, um, uh, uh, just a standard Cooper. It wasn't a Cooper S or anything like that. I'm, I'm sorry. It was just a mini, not a Cooper S or anything no, like that. Just so a mini. just a mini, but it was a lot of fun to drive for those two weeks. And, you know, along the way, we've had some, I guess, Interesting vehicles, you know, crappy vehicles, and there have been some really good ones. Mm-hmm. And I've had the, the times where carrying a lot of gear or a lot of luggage and, you know, camera gear and stuff. And uh, you have to rent like a minivan, so that's kind of a drag, but they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to Florida and you rent cars and they're kind of musty smelling. You go to, uh, you go out west and they're all dusty inside, even right. if they, even after they clean them. They're and, dusty. And, and there are tips and tricks that you can find about rental cars, too. Yeah. You know, like, like not just the environment in there, but one uh, hidden secret of the rental car industry. And I heard this from people who work for, you know, a, a different company. I'm not going to name the specific company, but, you know, there there are quite a few. And there are a few big, big guys in the business. Anyway, here's the secret. If you're renting a car to drive one way and drop off at another location, your likelihood of getting the crappiest car on the lot just skyrocketed. Really? Yeah. Is it trying to pass it off to somebody else? Because they don't want to have to have it. Is apparently. that right? That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, because, again, I've never rented a car. Oh, wow. Now places. you're making me think. Because Are I've you had, thinking back? Well, I've had, you know, I, and I've talked about them on the show, and I know that there was one vehicle somewhere along, you know, the, the, the history of this show that I rented that was just awful. And I think it was out west somewhere, and it seemed like every button that I touched or every knob that I tried to turn <laughs> fell uh-huh. off in my hand. And, you know, like the uh, the doors, the, the seams didn't fit, and it whistled when we were driving. And Was it a one-way rental? I, I That's the thing I'm struggling to remember right now. It possibly was. I, I just can't remember. I mean, surely that doesn't happen in every place, because as we know from our earlier episodes on rental vehicles, there are tiered rental categories, right? So you can get a luxury vehicle, you can get... Economy, midsize. Exactly. Yeah, utility. So uh, maybe you just get the worst of that 
division. <laughs> it could be. And, you know, there's a few other little things that we'll talk about on, along the way here today, but we should probably get this out of the way right now. What we wanted to discuss today mm-hmm. on today's show, the main focus mm-hmm. will be about uh, the very first rental car company because that comes from a listener. It's a listener suggestion. Yes. And um, I hope I'm not cutting you short here, but we can come back to some of this other rental car stuff. Oh, absolutely. Um, this comes from a listener. It's a Facebook message, mm-hmm. and it comes from a listener named Jeff O. And Jeff wrote in, oh, boy, Ben, this is like a year ago, May oh, man. May of 2015. But this is one that we caught in our Nuts and Bolts episode mm-hmm. uh, just recently. And we said, you know, we, we did the whole apology thing there. So let's just move on. <laughs> so Jeff wrote in and said... I have a suggestion for a podcast episode since you just did the U-Haul episode. Oh, boy, that was a long time ago, oh, wasn't boy. it? We okay. just did the U-Haul episode. Um, the idea is rental car history. I have a personal interest in this as the first rental car company started in Omaha, Nebraska. So, all right, so that's uh, that's Jeff's suggestion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we dove into this, and, uh, boy, that may or may not be true, as we find out. Yes, there is a, a bit of murk to little, the story. Uh, contentious beginning uh, to mm-hmm. this. We're not sure if that is really truly the case or not. It's generally credited as being the first one, though. Yeah, he's right. There are competing narratives. Ah, uh, here is the intro. I remembered that I wanted to do at the beginning. <laughs> so, uh, folks, we were talking off air, and I said, "Oh, Scott, I've got this great intro. We could jump in." Well, well how about this? Let's pretend right now in the middle of the show that this is the beginning. <laughs> of the show. Okay, How about great. that? So here's what great. I'll do. Okay. I'm going to do my normal intro. D- okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and then you just pick it up from I'm there. I'm going to jump in. Okay, okay. so you ready? All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. As always, we're joined with our super producer, Noel Second Take Brown, right? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, it's apropos. Uh, okay, so here is our... This is like a mid-engine intro, isn't it? Uh, here's, here's our mid-show intro. Uh, that Now that we are getting to uh, Jeff's question, Scott, did you ever play at a computer game called The Oregon Trail? Yes. Did? What yes. What did you think of it? Uh, it was uh, the worst graphics I've ever seen in my life. But what? it was... It- <laughs> Don't look surprised when I say that. <laughs> it was... It was... It was um, it's kind of a lame game. I mean, really, honestly, wasn't it? Wow, I completely disagree with you. I loved that game. Yeah, well, see, I didn't have a lot of experience with it, but mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I did play it, but I just never caught my attention enough to, to continue on with the game. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Yes. I am. Uh, I, I think part of it is that I and a lot of people in my generation associate it with being able to have fun during school because yeah. it's a game you'll play at school. So for anyone who is not aware, the Oregon Trail is a game that was pretty popular in schools across the U.S. for a while, uh, wherein you are the leader of a wagon train, essentially, a group of pioneers yeah. crossing the continent to settle in California. And you got a lot of decisions to make on the way. Yeah, you, you, you have the option of starting off as the poorest possible person or all the way up to a banker who has more money, but you get less points at the end of the game. You choose your people who will be in your band. You have to feed them, clothe them, try to keep them from dying. Can I tell you why this, this game really wasn't one of my favorite games? Why is that? I mean, I, I, again, very limited exposure to it. However, I don't like, I don't like, and this is right through to today. I don't like games that cause undue stress. And that uh, game causes stress. It's like one that you, if you make the wrong decision, part of your party dies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you take the wrong trail and you go through the mountains and you hit with a storm. Uh, you know, that then part of your party dies and you've got to find food in an, in an, uh, just an unbelievably difficult situation. And it's not that you're really doing that. It's just that it, it causes stress. And, and yeah. my daughter today will play apps and, you know, games that, that involve like, um, making cakes for somebody and you have to like get the right ingredients mix them together put it in the oven then a new customer comes in and requests something different you're doing that you got to go over here and get that and you're playing like the part of a uh, a server Mm -hmm. in a restaurant and it's stressful to me all that stuff is very stressful just to watch it right yeah I just don't I don't need that in a game I just want to play you know (laughs) uh, whatever Space Invaders and be done with it see that's old school you've got got real problems well yeah I do Here's the. <laughs> Sorry, we're off. I, no, track I feel I feel that way sometimes too about video games. But what's interesting about the Oregon Trail as a game is, although it is, you know, a heavily romanticized and simplified thing, uh, it does get you thinking about history. And one of the cool things that we talked about off the air as we we're getting into the ambiguous beginnings of rental cars was that the rental business. Is much older than vehicles. Yeah, that's so. So we're talking about rental cars, 
Right. But this is, uh, this is a rental of another kind and, and playing into this. We'll, we'll get to it in just a moment, but going all the way back to ancient Rome, mm-hmm. there were rental chariots along the way. So they were able to rent a chariot in ancient Rome. You, um, there were a lot of types of, uh, rental vehicles in any kind of civilized country, really. I mean, sure. You, you, you know, somebody would set up a business and say, I've got this, this to offer. And that included, you know, things like, uh, buckboards and, mm-hmm. and bromes and, you know, these, these old horse carriages that, you know, people needed, but maybe didn't have the money to buy. So they would rent one. And even the, wagons. Yeah, well, yeah, they're wagons. So this is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like a covered wagon. Yeah. The Conestoga wagons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't understand exactly how that works. Now, thinking about that game, mm-hmm. you're headed out west. You start in the east. This is like a one way rental thing because there's no way you're going to be returning that Conestoga wagon. Unless they have a second location that's out west that that, that accepts the wagons, right? See, that's so, the business model. Maybe you pay you pay a, a a fee to the people on the east coast, and when you get to the west coast, they refund part of your fee. Oh, I don't know what kind. That's of condi- the incentive to turn it in. What kind of condition would that wagon be in when it arrives on the west coast? And plus, I mean, along the way, you're you're scavenging uh, scavenging that for for wood, right? Uh, likely gone through many many sets of wheels along the way. Well, as well, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the perfect business model, obviously. And if the rumors surrounding rental companies are true and have been true since time began, then odds are those folks on the West Coast were not giving you the best but, wagon. But you know what? What a fantastic way to really get people to, uh, you know, make this journey because a lot of people couldn't afford to do it. They couldn't afford right. their own wagon. And for them to be able to rent a wagon from somebody on the East Coast or somebody on the East side anyways, you know, the East side of the Mississippi maybe, and then head out West, that was a, uh, that was a game changer for them. It allowed them to do that. It allowed them to, uh, to make progress where before they wouldn't have been able to make that progress. Right, absolutely. They would have been stuck right where they were because they just simply didn't have the means to, to have the vehicle to get there. And, uh, so that really opened up the West in a way. And again, that's not really a rental car, but no. the, fir- the first time we hear about, no, okay, before we get to this, Ben, so cars are, are generally accepted to have been invented. Like the first vehicle is, is commonly referenced as, as happening in 1896. Right. What we accept as the precursor to the modern automobile. Correct. You're right. So 1896, so we're talking, that's right, or at least within a year or two either way of that, you know, that, that, other manufacturers are creating vehicles mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the popularity gains. We, we've gone through that whole yeah. thing in the past. But the very first reference to a rental car company or a company that would rent vehicles mm-hmm. comes from a Minneapolis journal in 1904. So the middle of 1904 in July, uh, a bicycle shop devoted a line of an advertisement that announced that it, that it offered cars for rent. Mm-hmm. So this is a... It's not an entire business that's centered around car rental. It's not, uh, it's not, you know, the very first car rental agency or anything like that. It's right. just a business, a bicycle, um, shop that, that offers, we have, we have vehicles for use. And that's really nothing different than what's happened all throughout history from, as I said, ancient Rome on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's that idea just brought into the modern day. That's the very first reference of being able to rent a, a car. And, Again, the, the, not the very first rental car business because that happens in 1916. Right. That happens in 1916. It starts with a guy named Joe Saunders. Yeah. Now, this is the guy that Jeff was talking about. This is who you're talking about, Jeff. Uh, Joe is the epitome of the American dream at this point. He has borrowed one Model T 
1916, and that's how he starts his car rental business. Exactly. You know what? I'm going to take one little side note here because there's something that happened in between that I find interesting. Are you talking about the Germans? The Germans, yes. Now, the Germans. <laughs> so, so, again, this is just another asterisk in history here, but there's a car company that still exists. In fact, it's the company that I rented that Mini from. Yeah, they're um, called uh, Sixt. Yeah, S-I-X-T, and that is a German rental car company that was founded in 1912. And they established their their business with just three cars for rent. So, again, Germany had this in 1912, and it wasn't until 1916 uh, when this Nebraska man, uh, as you said, his name was Joe Saunders. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he uh, had his Model T business. So he's like the first th- – this is the first U.S. rental company. Yes. That's Car right. rental company. Yes. So, so Jeff is accurate in saying it's the first – car rental company that's just that, mm-hmm. but also in the United States, because right. the very first car rental company would be that sixth German company in and, 1912. And people love this idea. By 1917, uh, his company, which called the Ford Livery Company at the time, was renting out 18 Model Ts. Yeah. Did you tell them how much yet? Not yet. Because uh, <laughs> the, he would charge renters 10 cents a mile in order to cover the wear and tear on his beloved Ford vehicles. And the rate, the way that he did that was he affixed a, um, a mileage device, something that would float on the axle, I think, mm-hmm. um, that would, would tell count him. Count rotations, right? Yeah, would count rotations and tell him the mileage of that vehicle uh, so that he'd be able to charge them whenever they returned the vehicle. So very smart way in that he would do that. He would fix that to the front axle, I think. Right, and here's another part of this. Uh, first off, I just want to emphasize again that he started the business with a borrowed car, which is kind of like renting a car to start a rental car. Well, yeah, kind of in a way, right? But, and then one year later to have 18. Yeah. And then, and then just what, seven years after that in 1925, he had operations in 21 states. So he mm-hmm. grew exponentially at that point. And that's like 50-something cities, 56 cities. Yeah, and you know what I find funny about this? Uh, this name, you'll see this on uh, on some modern companies, too, and I'll, I'll list some modern companies in a moment. Mm-hmm. But the names of these, it, it's not exactly what you think. You'd think it'd just be like Saunders Rental or something like that. He always included the word system. So he called himself the Saunders Drive-It-Yourself System. Then he mm-hmm. called it the Saunders system. Yeah. Then it was called the Saunders car and truck rental system. And, and you might think that it's, that's uh, unique to him, but other companies also use that system along the way. And there's a few more that we'll mention here today in a little bit more detail, but um, some of the others that, that use it along the way, and, oh, I had them marked here, but maybe not anymore. Shoot. I got a list here of 54 car companies that, that do, and some of these do still use the word system in the, ti- in the title. Oh, yeah? Like, uh, got a couple examples? Uh Hang on. Yeah, yeah, here, Avis Rent-A-Car System. Did yeah. you know that Avis was, it's called Avis Rent-A-Car System? Ah, but we'll get to why that, uh, there's an interesting part there, oh. why it's Avis Rent-A-Car oh. System. Okay, well, Avis does come up later yeah. in the in the history here. Oh, so. uh, we should point out, though, also that this rental car business that he started, his demographic or his market, there in Omaha and then later in more than 50 cities throughout the Union, it was different from what you would see today because we have to remember that the availability of cars for much of the U.S. population, even once the Model T came out, uh, was still relatively low. Like A car was an expense that a lot of people couldn't afford to buy, to own, and maintain, but if they wanted to do a test drive, if they wanted to do a joyride, then for the completely reasonable price, only 10 cents per mile, they could get it. So a lot of these people were renting these cars just to experience 
driving. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they so weren't, you know, they weren't going on a trip. The first time behind the wheel would exactly. be behind the wheel of, uh, you know, one of Mr. Saunders' rental vehicles. Of but, his drive-it-yourself system. But he wasn't the only guy to do this either. So, no, no. Um, in 1923, there was a, uh, a competitor. And the competitor, his name was uh, Walter Jacobs. And he started with about a dozen or so Ford Model Ts as well. Um, actually, he started a little bit sooner than that. 1923 was when he really started to pick up steam. Mm-hmm. So in the mid-1920s, early 1920s, uh, he was already doing this. By 1923, Jacob's business uh, grossed more than $1 million in annual sales, making him the main competitor for Saunders. So I guess Saunders is in about the same uh, you know, position at this point. But, uh-huh. So I guess the one thing that, uh, that Saunders had going for him still was that you know this main competitor of his – is way out in Chicago because that's where right. uh, that's where Jacobs is. So Chicago, you know, downtown, uh, that seems like um, a smart place to have it, right? I mean, a lot of people there. A lot of people yeah. need vehicles to get you know back and forth around town if you can't find a taxi. Guess how old he was when he's when he started the business? Not when it blew up, but when he started it in like 1918. No idea. Twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. My very, friend. Very shrewd. Very shrewd to start a business when you're very young like that. That's uh, smart. And they both end up. They, after they have this rapid expansion, uh, they both end up selling their business to another to another business. Like yeah, another. well, in, in the case of uh, Jacobs, um, you know, Walter Jacobs, he eventually met uh, Mr. John Hertz, mm-hmm. who was at the time the owner of the Yellow Cab Manufacturing Company in Chicago. And, of course, this is a wealthy businessman. He's got, you know, something already going for him. And this is around 1923, right at the height of... Um, you know, Jacob's business or what he thinks is the height of his business when he's in, you know, like a million dollars in annual sales, as I said. Uh, so in 1923, Hertz decides he's going to buy that rental company from him. And that gave birth to what is known as, uh, well, what would eventually become one of the largest rental car companies in the nation at that time. Uh-huh. And you know, Hertz rental, of course. Uh, but later, General Motors would buy out the Hertz yellow cab manufacturing company. And I think that happened in, uh, Oh, I don't know the year that happened because later it comes up that um, there's there's more sales that that go on and, mm-hmm. um, with this whole thing. It gets very complex. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously, it's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So GM buys out the Hertz Yellow Cab Manufacturing Company. Of course, there's the rental car portion of that business. Right. And that, that is then renamed uh, the Hertz Drive Yourself System, or at least at the time it was named the Hertz Drive Yourself System. And Hertz, then in 1953, so this is 30 years later, Hertz comes back and repurchases the business uh, and changes the name to the Hertz Corporation. Mm-hmm. So that's the birth of like this, the, the big overall thing. And at some point in this history, this is where it gets really complicated. At some point in the history, Ford owned it through a group called the Park Ridge Corporation. And in 1988, uh, Volvo of North America actually invested in the uh, the Park Ridge Corporation. So it's kind of like a Ford-Volvo thing at that point. So, so we've got General Motors, Ford, Volvo involved. And then later... Um, I think a, an entire group of, of um, what do you call them? I guess investors, um, mm-hmm. private equity, equity group. Sure, that's what you call that. They uh, they all went together and purchased the Hertz, uh, the Hertz Corporation, and now that's run by several different groups uh, as part of one bigger group. If that makes sense, uh, it does. In the private yeah. equity groups that that own one company. And this kind of stuff can feel sort of like a three-card Monte yeah. at times at different yeah. companies. I apologize for the gaps in the history. Oh, no, no, not at all. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some gaps to fill in here uh, with Joe Saunders. Uh, so we said 1916, right? Uh, Josiah Ellis Saunders launches his business. At the time, his main business was real estate. So he was already... He was already established in the business world. As he's succeeding, when when we um, when we last left him in this part of the story, as he's succeeding, it's like the twenties. He's uh, he's expanded. This business is huge. It is is going like gangbusters. And then uh, at the same around the same time, I want to take you to nineteen forty eight. A guy named Warren Avis. Ah, yes. He's working in Ypsilanti, Michigan, uh, and he starts a business renting three cars at the Willow Run Airport. And over the next few years, he also expands. And then, in 1953, it's official. Avis is the second largest car rental company in the United States. Pretty big. Pretty big, but it gets bigger. Now, he started with three cars, right? He started with three cars. Okay. So he already kind of had a jump. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of unfair. But in, uh, he, he wasn't there first either, right? Uh, but Saunders sells his company to Avis in 1955. So going back to our earlier comment on how surprising it is 
that there, there are car companies or rental companies that use the phrase system. Yeah. Some of that might be in the, uh, in the business DNA of Avis from Saunders. Oh, could be. That could be. So w- what caused all this though? Like what caused A- Avis to go to the airport was that, you know, just after World War II, mm-hmm. uh, the number of airline passengers rapidly grew at this point. You know, a lot of more, a lot more people were using airlines for travel to get, you know, to and from, you know, all over the country, really. All over right. the world, really. And parts of it, yeah. Mostly talking about U.S. companies here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was really opening up and there was, um, you know, there really weren't openings for something like this there. He had to talk to the airports mm-hmm. and get them to agree to allow him to put a booth in and allow him to have some lot space. You know, I'm sure all that was rented and it was, you know, something he paid for. And the taxis probably weren't wild but, about it. But super smart because he became what they called the airport king at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, uh, Mr. Warren Avis. And again, starting with just three cars, I mean, that's, that's how little it took to really start something at that time. But man, did he grow. It grew into huge business. As you said, he sold, uh, he bought, um, what was it, the Saunders mm-hmm. system? Okay, yeah. so he bought that. And then there's another little twist in this whole thing because Joe Saunders had, well, he said he had bank- uh, bankruptcy issues in the in the Great Depression, right? Mm-hmm. And later in the 1940s, possibly the early 1950s, I'm not exactly sure when this all went down, but there was a, uh, a group of independents, 24 independent car rental companies in St. Louis, Missouri, that banded together and they formed what is known as the National Car Rental System, and that was in the late 1940s. And that is National Rental Car, which we still know today. So Saunders was still a part of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, the, the timing on this doesn't make sense when I look at a lot of different sources here. I think a lot of uh, the numbers have been maybe transposed. The numbers cases. have been changed to protect yeah, the innocent. Yeah, I think so. But just know that you know he was still around as far as the late 1940s, early 1950s. Right. Yeah. And and part of a, a you know part of the rental car system, I guess, in the United States. And then I guess in the 1980s, if we want to jump forward a few decades yeah. here, because a lot happened along the way. There are other independents that sprang up. In fact, I have a list of uh, 54 rental car agencies here in the United <laughs> States, and that's just here, here in the United States alone. There's a few, I think, that are mentioned uh, from outside that I've got here. but um, They'll probably I, go into Canada and I, Mexico. Yeah, maybe, and I think there's even an Irish uh, rental car company here somewhere. Um I will not go into the list. I will spare you the details on that. You can look that up if you want. But uh, the 1980s, I guess, were really kind of cutthroat for a lot of rental car companies. Yes. And I I guess one thing that happened then at that time that was good was that uh, some of the bigger automotive companies decided to take an interest in the rental car companies, which they hadn't really in the past. And I know that uh, Saunders was big with, uh, I think with... First, initially Ford, but then Chrysler jumped on as being something that he, he had, he offered Chrysler products for a long time. And even back then in the 1920s, I think, he had something like a million dollars worth of Chrysler products at his disposal. Um, you know, that he was purchasing or, you know, had already owned mm-hmm. or was, you know, somehow leasing or what. I'm not sure exactly how that all worked out, but, um, really to this point, uh, they weren't quite as involved as they were in the 1980s and, and, so, so big companies like Ford and Chrysler were purchasing controlling interest in a lot of these rental car chains. And today, a lot of these chains are still controlled by some of the big manufacturers, mm-hmm. some of the, the big automotive manufacturers all around the world, really. Oh, yeah. Because think about it. It makes sense from an auto manufacturing perspective. If you have that controlling stake and an exclusivity agreement, then you already have a built-in market with a predictable demand. For products. Exactly. You can sell, and you know how this works. When you go to, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly which companies deal with which. I should have looked that up before I came in, I guess, but <laughs> which companies have which products. So let's say you go to, uh, I'm just, just going to wing this, but yeah. uh, let's say you go to Hertz and they have all Ford products. 
um, there's a reason for that. If you go to Avis and they have all General Motors products, mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. And 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 that's the thing is that they can get these entire fleets of, fleets of vehicles out there. Right. Um, and and again, they can go to the manufacturer and say like, well, it's time for a new set of vehicles. Our rental cars are getting kind of worn out here. It's been about three years, mm-hmm. tough use, all that, you know, maintenance and everything. Right. But um, and you know, they've got a brand new vehicles then at that point, and and of course the customers are going to appreciate that because none of the cars are less than two years old or you know, whatever they can advertise. Right. Uh, so it's it's good for everybody involved, and they can sell them as used vehicles. So it all makes sense, and it's really a win-win. Yeah. And then there was another big hit to the industry, I guess, around nine eleven two thousand one. Uh, difficult time. People weren't quite traveling the way that they had in the past, but right. uh, there's been kind of a rebound recently, and I think the uh, the industry is actually doing pretty well at this point, from what I've heard. And if we want to go toward some more recent information, that we see that these companies are still relevant in the current age. There there are some competitors coming out now, right? Like uh, the same way that Uber is seen as a competitor to the taxi industry. Companies from companies who try the sharing or economy like Zipcar yeah. could be seen as uh, as potential rivals. The Avis Budget Group, which is their technical name, their given name, the is Avis that, is that Avis Budget System. <laughs> it's Avis Budget Group Incorporated, which is a shame they dropped system, but I bet a subsidiary still rocks it somewhere. I uh, in. 2013, they made a uh, $491 million offer to buy out Zipcar. Wait, how much was this? $491 million. Really? In 2013. Half a, nearly half a billion dollars to buy out Zipcar because they just simply didn't want the competition probably, right? I guess they just wanted to have, you know, to have the rest of the market because what we're seeing is something that you and I and Noel have talked about occasionally in the past and listeners, some of you have written in about it, uh, that auto manufacturers believe there is a trend amongst younger generations to not want to own a car. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is... Mm, kind of a broad brush to paint with because there are very few things that happen to a generation that affect all members of the generation except when they were born. Yeah. Anyhow, the, uh, the industry pundits who were watching this kind of stuff said that this signaled a change because originally Avis had been against this kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And I wonder if their, uh, their intention was to bring it in to, foster it to uh, to continue to run it as is you know if they were going to just simply rename it avis uh you know whatever mm-hmm. avis Zipcar or whatever they would name it um but that same idea or if they would just simply squash the whole idea and make sure that it doesn't happen oh and they did i mean i'm sorry let me not bury the lead here they did buy Zipcar, and uh Zipcar's ceo resigned hours after Hours, really. Hours. Hmm. The Zipcar CEO at the time was a guy named Scott Griffith. So Avis continues to grow. And rental car companies or something like them are always going to be around, I think, because, you know, even if we look at a future that people have talked about before where autonomous cars become what you rent, Mm -hmm. even in that case, the financial calculation is still going to be the same. We're still going to have people who want the convenience of a car without the responsibility of owning a car. Well, so that answers my question then right away. Thank you. I appreciate that because uh, so Avis is fostering that idea. They're going to they're going to say 
this is a, this is a model that we believe in that, that will work. It's going to be maybe the new direction for our our company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, possibly I think they're going to hang on to the rental car part of it as well instead of just the um, uh, the sharing part mm-hmm. of it. So they probably have both. But is that the way that you know all the other uh, um, rental company agencies are going to go as well? I mean, are they going to do the same thing or something similar? Are they going to either purchase one that's already out there? You know, another another sharing. Mm-hmm. System, right? Or are they going to? Uh, are they going to stick with the kind of the old school method of, of rental car companies? And I know we're talking about shorter rentals for you know like a Zipcar, uh, you know, rental versus something that you know usually when you go into an Avis or you know a National or wherever you're renting a car for at least a day, if not a week or even a month, right? Uh, for vacations or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a completely different model for them to follow. I wonder if other uh, you know, companies are going to follow suit. If they're going to decide that, you know, we need a part of our business that can do these hourly rentals in town like Zipcar can do. I would not be at all surprised. Here's another question. Are we going to find situations where someone rents a Zipcar to work as an Uber driver? Oh, really? That's I, Surely thought. that's not legal. That is a what very a weird thought. world. Yeah, that's strange. Wouldn't that be funny? Like if you, if you, <laughs> you call for an Uber vehicle and a zip car shows up, you'd mm. almost be cautious to get in and think that's, that can't be right. It'd have to be, <laughs> right. it'd have yeah. to be in the notes, right? It would have to be. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you can do that. It has to come down to an insurance and liability issue at that mm-hmm. point. You know, Uber has started a new thing where they'll, they'll ask you if you want to carpool with strangers. And the times, this must have been a recent time, uh, a recent change, because I don't use it all that often, but when I used it last, it asked me how many seats I wanted in the car, and I got very excited for a second, because I thought, wait, if I pick one, am I going to end up in something really cool? <laughs> like a single-seat sports car? Right, like well, am I, like a two, yeah, like a two-seater. Well, yeah, I guess it would be the driver. Right, the driver's also there. Yeah, sure. I don't think they're just going to trust me with a car. <laughs> but... uh but no, it's just a carpooling thing. So we do know the rental business is changing. Well, that's a that's a strange twist on this whole thing. I had no idea they were asking you if you want to carpool. With I don't want to. I generally don't want to carpool with strangers. Oh my gosh, they're making this crappier every day. What's good? <laughs> that's uh, I just can't. I'm, I'm getting hives thinking about it, Ben. Well, uh, you might as well take the train. <laughs> the train doesn't go uh, the well, places I, I need the train to I, go. You I know, know I'm sketchy. I know. I just mean the situation where you just never know who's getting on and how. Damn close, they're going to sit to you as well. That's the thing. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, my co-host is not the biggest fan of Marta. You are getting my dander up on this one, Ben. <laughs> is it grinding I, yeah, your ears? Man, it's tough. Well, we better head out of here then uh, before before you get in an apocalyptic rage. Yeah, well, thanks, Jeff, for the idea for the uh, you know the first rental car. And you were right, you know, that, that, uh, that was the official first rental car company here in the United States. In the U.S. In the U.S. That solely right. existed to rent cars. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, sorry for the, uh, the the twists and turns on the history along the way with uh, with Jacobs and mm-hmm. uh, Saunders and Avis and National and all those. It's just, it, again, you go to different sources for all this stuff, you're going to have slightly different dates, and sometimes mm-hmm. those work and sometimes they don't work together, and we're just trying to piece it all together. But it's really a complicated history when you, when you look at who's buying what and who mm-hmm. owns what and all these uh, private equity firms that own – Big, big companies now. Sure. That makes it even more difficult. So dig into it if you'd like to on your own and and get the history for individual companies. That's probably the best way to do it. And thank you, listeners, and thank you, Scott, for humoring me through uh, my 
Oregon Trail intro that occurred halfway through the episode. Oh, the I think Trail. I just wanted to talk about the Oregon Trail, man. I guess so. I mean, I, I might revisit that game, I guess, but uh, I don't know. It might still be just as stressful as it always was. I think this all just, just co- coloring. I used to play it on hard mode and put people I didn't like as my band. <laughs> <laughs> and not and like take them on this death march and not feed them. Yeah. Oh, wolves are attacking from the back. Hmm, that's interesting. We'll do nothing about that. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I did some good moves as well. Yeah. I did make it to California a few times. <laughs> anyway, listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and thanks for the excellent question, Jeff. If you would like to uh, let us know some inside tips about rental cars or your story of your best, worst, or strangest rental, we'd love to hear it. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are Car Stuff HSW. If you are about to rent a car and want some tips, do check out our audio podcast on that subject which is available at our website and let's see what's oh there's one more thing if you want to take a page from jeff's book an electronic page and send us some mail some electronic mail uh then we'd love to hear from you you can write to us directly at carstuff at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com let us know what you think Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.